This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Back into it with our panel. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville Pound 3636. You know, uh, Christian Freeland's uh, been a busy woman the last uh, little while. As a matter of fact, earlier today, uh, I guess she was, well, it was on the weekend when she welcomed the Saudi teen, the 18-year-old who had uh, bolted from her domicile in Saudi. I guess she was in Kuwait and flew to Bangkok, barricaded herself in an airport hotel room. We know the story of Rahaf Mohammed. She changed her name to Mohammed. It was Cassius. No, it wasn't. It was uh, al Kanun, but... Uh, yeah, we got that. Job. But I'm pumped. You <laughs> roll up a certain age, right. actually. <laughs> just, just checking the rooms. <laughs> Take that swing, John. Take that swing. That's what I'm doing? Where's the bill? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the level of the room. Is what I'm doing. And <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm changing subjects now. <laughs> and how are you today? <laughs> there is no bottom. Listen. Uh, is this uh, a black eye for the uh, Saudis, uh, you know, and Canada by taking her in with open arms and uh, this at the behest of the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, which asked us to do so? Uh, do we risk further pissing off the Saudis or do we care at this point, Alyssa? I think that the Canadians, the government really looked at this as a win on the international scene, seeing as we have had so few in the past 12 months. And this was something where there was very little downside. I mean, I look at this with a very jaded eye and I think, wow, this is like the greatest photo op ever, considering what else is going on. But yet I was watching the news last night with my husband and I said, what do you think of this? And he says, I think it's great. I think it was the right thing to do. And it's giving them like a really, it's, it's a very popular move. And I think people like it. So I so thought to it, myself, well, okay, I had the desired effect. All right. It burnishes our image internationally that we're, uh, you know, willing to take folks who are in distress in. John, is that how you read it? Or is there something that, you know, blowback from the Saudis on this? Well, I think I think there will be blowback from the Saudis without a doubt. But I also think it's a very Canadian thing to do. And, and I think that um, I think the risk that the government faces is, is obviously I don't think they had a choice when the U.N. basically said, look, some country has to take this. And obviously the U.S. wasn't going to. Canada stepped up and did it. Uh, which I thought was the right thing to do, given the fact that she was in distress and being abused and, and thought that there was going to be some level of, of you know, danger to her life if she was going back. But I think the, the government, by wrapping the minister around her so blatantly that it almost looked like a photo op and it made it look like, you know, her coming out of the gates and wrapping herself around and said, we're not taking any questions, you know, we're not going to be doing anything. I just thought it seemed a bit scripted and I thought if, if there was anything that left me with a bad taste in my mouth, that was it. Not the act itself i thought that we needed to do it and doing it was very canadian but that part of it i thought was a bit too much all right well on the international front as i say christian freeland's been busy of late earlier today imploring china's ambassador to grant clemency to robert schellenberg he's the canadian who's been sentenced to death for dealing drugs in china he was uh charged in 2014 and we know the story that just recently after receiving initially a 15-year sentence they decided the appeal court uh the prosecutor wanted to push for some a little more stringent. Now, this is all against the backdrop. The subtext is the Huawei executive who's been detained here in Canada and so on. So we know it's very political. But what surfaced recently as well is Mr. Schellenberg's background. He had a rather lengthy rap sheet for dealing drugs in Canada. So, Kim, does this in any way uh, lessen your sympathy for him if he's the author of his own misfortune to a large extent? I think what what we're all struggling with is how these things have evolved, how the diplomatic situation between Canada and China has devolved in the way that it has. Uh, this particular gentleman had been sentenced, had uh, was was on his way, and what clearly. Uh, 
feels like a, a political payback by pulling this particular person up who, you know, if you start to look into their history, not so great, but... That being said, he had been he had gone through a court system. He had gone through, uh, and this was hmm. This one looks like one we can. If I'm if I'm the Chinese, I can pull up from the from the list of anyone else that's been arrested over there and pull that up and make a, a not necessarily so overt of a political statement, but certainly a pretty big political statement. And I think that's what they've done here. I don't know what this uh, man's history is, but I think well, we've, got, we've, we've got a, we've got a diplomatic problem, and right. and and we also have now what is now becoming a international. Uh, you know, you're starting to get into tourism seasons, and all of these warnings that Canadians are now facing of do not go to China. All right, well, and this was maybe the caveat Buddy should have been uh, listening to: don't go to China and deal drugs. I mean, he had a rap sheet in Canada for dealing drugs. This is well established. And after a while, if you can't sort it out on your own going through the Canadian penal system, you're pretty much on your own. I'm sorry. When I read that, now uh, call me crass or hard-hearted, I thought, pal, uh, I mean, now we got to pull out all the stops and it's a big international diplomatic quandary we're in. Uh, you kind of put yourself in this position. You made your own bed. Am I wrong, John Kaplan? No, you're not wrong, John. And I think this, if, if the Chinese government ever really cared about public relations at the international level, and I'm not sure they ever do, but this was one, I think, where they would have probably won on, on one, be, be, being able to say, you know, look, at we're actually uh, charging people legitimately, and here's someone who not only in your own country had a problem, but in our, but in our own country actually exasperated it and, and caused a big problem. Even though it's tied to the whole Huawei, uh, Huawei uh, issue, uh, where I think the uh, the Chinese government was losing the the PR battle internationally from the perspective of you know basically pulling out Canadians and, and arresting them. Here's one where I think there's some legitimacy in some cases because there was, as Kim said, there was a trial for the person and 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 this person has an, a rap sheet that is longer than most people. So I think there was a bit of a a bit of a check in the in the Chinese PR department on that particular case. Well, uh, that is uh, whatever. It's devious in a sense, but uh, maybe they do know or. Or would feel the pulse of international opprobrium. So I ask you, I mean, from that sense of uh, if this is now made, uh, you know, public or knowledgeable that uh, this guy has this rap sheet, does it shift anybody's perspective, you think, in the court of public opinion, Alyssa? Yes, I think it does. I think that we all were shocked and outraged at the outset. We thought, how can this be? This is pure retaliation. This poor guy, this is just a kangaroo court. They came to a decision in, what, 15 minutes that they were going to over overturn their original uh, decision. And then we come out with all of these charges. And I was just sitting here thinking, what was that movie that, you know, where the guy K was charged with Midnight Express? Right. And I'm thinking, didn't Buddy watch Midnight Express? I mean, these things can happen in countries that aren't like Canada. So I think from a public sympathy point of view, I think that you do hit on a sentiment that nobody really wants to talk about. It's like, well, you know, he kind of made his own bed. Now he's got to lie in it. I think that nobody wants to see him killed. Uh, at all. Certainly I don't, but I think that public sentiment may have shifted a little. Is there any chance that, you know, this was would prompt a boycott of Chinese goods or so on and so forth? Do you think there's a critical mass of people who care that much about it? Or maybe that's been tamped down their ardor for uh, defending this guy? I think it's I think it's been tamped down. I'm not sure there's going to be a big sentiment to sort of to, to go that far. I think uh, the prime minister has made a number of, of of comments about this. In fact, even the business council. Um, uh, I remember seeing an art, an interview by the leader of the business council by by saying that, you know, 
businesses both in Canada and China both have to conduct businesses. They both have to keep doing their thing. We can't just stop every time there's an international incident. Um, so I think businesses are going to continue. I think work is still going to go apace. Uh, it'll be one of those issues that will be de- dealt with dip- at a diplomatic level, but um, nothing I think is going to be stopped beyond that. All right. Well, we'll wait and see uh, if, in fact, he loses public sympathy. Uh, there are others in our midst who have done just that recently, as recently as last night's Leafs game. i got to talk to the panel about that in a moment when we continue with more topics worthy of discussion on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.